0: their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. Author and health performance coach Ed Jaffer started out in life as a shy boy, low in confidence and as he progressed through school, he started carrying extra weight that knocked his confidence even more. As soon as the opportunity to leave school arrived, he did so as he couldn't bear being in situations with other children where, like PE, it drew attention to himself. To say he turned his life around is something of an understatement. Once he changed his mindset and decided to tackle his weight issues and low confidence face on, he started weightlifting and soon found himself confident enough to take centre stage in life. His newfound confidence led him to become a personal fitness trainer and to write a book, The Muscle and Hustle Method Book, specifically targeting entrepreneurial men that don't have the time to spend hours in the gym and watching what they eat. Ed's ethic is that if we can focus on staying in shape, this leads to more confidence and energy that thus then fuels business and relationship success. He now offers online coaching to help men take control of their health and transform their bodies with a realistic training schedule. It gives me great pleasure to introduce today's guest for reasons you are about to discover. Ed, Ed Jaffa, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Sandro. Uh,
0: the pleasure's all mine. So we're going to find out a little bit more about why we know each other specifically, Ed. So first of all, before we let everyone into the secret, tell us, if you would, about that childhood, about those early difficulties that you faced as a youngster.
1: Yeah, it was kind of when I when I hit my teens, body started to change, self-confidence issues started to creep in. Um developed man boobs, which is quite a common common thing with teenage boys, um, with hormones raging and, <laughs> and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I had man boobs, but then I, I kind of... my teens passed, I got into my early 20s, and I still had these man boobs and, and now a belly as well. And yeah, my confidence was very low at that point in my life. I couldn't take my T-shirt off in public. Um, as you mentioned, at school, didn't like getting changed in in, in the change rooms during PE. Um, just constantly found myself hiding away and shying away from not only taking my t-shirt off in public, but I was kind of crossing over into all areas of my life. found found myself shying away from from bigger and better opportunities and you know meeting a, a potential partner. I, I was just very shy, not very confident. Little bit of a social recluse, even though I had mates, but I just never really put myself out there, to be honest.
0: It's really extraordinary that you say all this, because, number one, I didn't really know much about your past, though we have talked at some length about, you know, what you do now and how we met. And it's interesting, because how we met was, I-, I believe, I seem to remember rightly, via LinkedIn, and you approached me. Yep. It wasn't the other way around. Yeah. So that confidence, that lack of confidence from those early days, seems to have turned itself around. Um because it would be fair to say that although you're still very modest guy, softly spoken, um, that confidence is a, almost a complete 180 on where you were before. What what was it that changed, Ed? In your you know was it was there an epiphany? Was there just this moment when you kind of went right enough's enough? Or did it did something happen in order to help you to transition to this new place in life?
1: I think in terms of confidence, that was a gradual a gradual thing that 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 come from getting in shape. It didn't it wasn't a specific turning point but when it in terms of me wanting to change my body yeah there was that moment where I returned from a boy's holiday and and a picture was taken of me um, with my top off which rarely happened so I don't know how the picture was taken and this was back in the day before we had digital smartphones and so it was actually uh, a a film that had to go and get processed and and I I saw the photo of me there in my shorts and belly and man boobs. And it was like, that was my enough is enough moment. I've I've got to do something about this. That guy standing in the photo is not the man I want to be. So that's how I got into my training. That's why I started lifting weights. Um, I dabbled with exercise throughout my teens, but never really made it a consistent thing. And it was only when I saw that picture, that was the turning point for me. That was nearly 19 years ago now. And I haven't. Haven't stopped since, pretty much, and yeah, the confidence just came gradually from from that process. You know, healthy body, healthy fit body leads to a healthier, fitter mind. Um, and and I think going back to what you, what you said to how I approached you, I think I, I gradually, as I got a little bit older, I very quickly learned that opportunities don't come to you. You've got to go out and get them. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to ask. You've got to put yourself forward. You've got to, you know, take the opportunities. Opportunities don't come and find you. Yeah. Well, sometimes they do, but you've got to. You've got to be the one to to step up. You've got to put yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've got to put yourself. Uh, if, I, if we use a football analogy, you know, you got to, you have got to. Put yourself in the box if you're going to score score a goal, you know. Yeah. If you want to get the you know the, the crosses coming in the box, you've got to be there.
0: I must admit, when I got the uh, the note from your LinkedIn, obviously you click on the person's profile picture. I was like, blimey, if uh, if this is what this guy can make me look like in twelve weeks, and I'm then I'm signing up. And that's <laughs> so that's how we met each other, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of get to that middle aged point in my life where, um, fortunately, I don't think I have man boobs, but um, I was kind of contemplating the next stage in my own personal development, physical development. Yeah. And you know, and you reached out and, and that's how the relationship started. In the last 12 weeks, I have to say, and this is no commercial plug, but it's it's actually a matter of fact that um, I have seen a significant degree of progress over those 12 weeks that we've worked together. But we'll talk about that in a little bit longer. Do you think, Ed, that it, it, it takes... You, you talk about it that enough is enough moment. Do you think it takes a degree of pain or a, 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 that moment to help people get off their backside for want of a better expression in life and do something? Or is it just a, you know, do you, you I mean, clearly what well, I think what I'm hearing is you have to start with the decision. You have to start with, right, I'm going to, I'm going to set a goal I'm going to have an objective. And then there's clearly some other steps that need to follow, which we'll talk about. But is, is that the first step?
1: Yeah, you've got to make a decision, you've got to make a commitment. And I think absolutely there has to be a degree of pain because change isn't easy. You know, no one wants to change. We can quite easily be set in our ways as I was at one point. There has to be a you know, there has to be some degree of discomfort and pain that has to be greater than the pain or discomfort of of the change itself. In order for you to to make that change, otherwise you'll just stay where you are. So I think, unfortunate, it's unfortunate that it that it is that way. Um, look at how many people leave it until it's too late. They've you know they've had a heart attack. They've got diabetes before they actually think to themselves, "Well, I probably should do something mm. about my health now." Unfortunately, you know, people leave it until it's too late before they actually make that decision. Mm. Yeah I think it does have to be some degree of of pain to to spark the action yeah
0: and that's a good point you make about the the, the amount or the degree of pain uh, has got to be greater to force somebody to do something positive about it. So that's where you found yourself yeah. kind of ashamed of your body, for want of a better expression. Um, social recluse, I think was the word you used. Uh, so you make a decision. And then what? Now, at what point Ed, did you kind of empower yourself to take the steps and what steps did you then start to take? Because, you know, is it a question of, right, well, I'm just not going to eat cheesecake anymore. It's, there's got to be more to it than that. So how? did you start that process because there's a lot of people out there and I think statistically I'm right in saying that people who make a decision to go to the gym say in January, by by the 17th I think it is, 50% have stopped with the promise they've made two weeks prior and 75% have fallen off the wagon by the end of the month. Hmm. So there's something that compels some people, a small number of people to keep going, there's something that stops people from carrying on. So what in your experience had to happen next?
1: I think again, it goes back to that, to that pain and and the reason why you're doing something. If it's a big enough reason, if you've got a big enough why, it's very easy to forget the why, you know, especially when you get caught up in the day-to-day um, actions that you need to take, whether it's is fitness related and getting to the gym, it's very easy to forget sometimes why you're doing this. And you get caught up in the moment, it's six o'clock, you've just finished work, you're tired, you can't be bothered to go to because 'cause you've had a hard, can't be bothered to go to the gym because you've had a hard day at work. So it's very easy to forget the why you're doing it in the first place. So I think it's always important to to remember that why. And if it's a big enough why, then again, the pain of not going to the gym is greater than the pain of going to the gym. Um, in terms of getting started for me, it st- actually started at home for me. I made that decision to you know, be resourceful for what, I've, what I had. I didn't have very much equipment. I had a f- set of dumbbells. That I, I think my parents bought me for my 14th birthday. Um, so I dusted those off and it, and it started there really. The usual things, press ups. Um, bought myself a pull up bar. Do you think they were trying to tell you something when they bought you a pair of dumbbells well, like, for your 14th <laughs> birthday? <laughs> it was me. I asked for them. I was I was right. kind of into um I was into wrestling back right. then. I thought, I want to look okay. like these guys. So I said to my mum, Dad, Can I can you get me some weights for my for my birthday? And they did. And I started lifting weights. But back then I was just dabbling. It was it, you know, what you're saying about by January 17th, something like yeah. that, people stopped. That was that was me in my teens. I would I'd have my dumbbells, I'd be doing my bicep curls, wouldn't train legs as, as we, mm. you know, who trains legs at that age, just do my bicep curls and my and my push-ups. I'd do it for about three weeks, see some results, get distracted, get bored, and it's like, didn't touch him for another year, and then you go through the cycle again, or well, let's give it another go now. I saw a little bit of results last time, let's give it another go, I just try and do it a bit longer. Again, I did it until I got distracted with something else. It was only when, it was only when, I got into my yeah, early 20s, 1920s, something like that. And that I, when I had that enough is enough moment, that picture, I said to myself, I'm going all in with this. And I joined the gym and started training at the gym, started just copying what others were doing, uh, buying the men's health magazines, the flex, the muscle and fitness, uh, all, the, all the you know big bodybuilding magazines. Um, started looking into nutrition, what did bodybuilders eat? How did they eat? When did they eat? And just started immersing myself into it, and started getting great results. Started seeing my body change, and that's how I become hooked. People pay me compliments, which always helps as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just saw my shoulders getting wider, um, chest was becoming more firm, waist was getting a little bit smaller, back was getting bigger, and I just saw that that physical transformation and and it it started to give me the confidence. It gave me that, that addiction to the gym and I just stuck by it ever since and it became a way of life for me.
0: So what, we'll explore your kind of your training regimen in, in, in a moment. But what do you say to those people who say, you know, I'm physically out of condition at whatever stage they are in life, and I, and I really just don't know how to get going? You know, mm. that a lot of talk about small baby steps, manageable steps to help you. But a lot of people kind of go, oh, it just seems way beyond me. I'm, you know, I'm 20 stone and I want to be 12. I mean, yeah. th- this is beyond even me. I hear what you say, Ed, but, you know, what do you say to people like that who have probably seen this as a bit of an insurmountable one yeah
1: it was an insurmountable task for me i never planned to to get on stage and compete in in men's physique competitions that was never the intention i think like set yourself manageable goals you know, set yourself a goal of just losing your first five pounds. Lose your first pound. Set yourself small bite-sized goals. Take those baby steps. The hardest thing is starting. And there's no point giving yourself a mountain to climb because that's just going to overwhelm you and make you procrastinate. even That's why people do procrastinate because they see it as, as hard work. You know, it's time. It's effort. It's... It's work, okay, and there's nothing wrong with doing the work. You, you have to do the work, but give yourself baby steps to start with. Um, reduce, I like to say reduce all the barriers. So working out can take many shapes and forms. It doesn't have to be beasting yourself in the gym for an hour. It could be going out for a five-minute walk. Hmm. Any kind of thing that's going to get you moving a little bit more. It could be putting on a, a workout DVD at home, downloading an app, going on YouTube. Hmm. People like to make excuses, but it's so, and it's easy to make excuses, but it's also very easy to to take away any of those barriers. You could take away the travel time to the gym. You could take away the lack of equipment. All you need is your body. You know, you could have a tiny little office you can jump up and down, jog on a spot, and you're going to elevate your heart rate. You're going to burn calories. So just reduce all the barriers and just get yourself moving more. Mm.
0: One of the things I remember you telling me, and I, I think I already knew it, but I never really had it articulated in the way you did to me, is that, you know, the calories in, calories out thing. Just explain that
1: one as a basic principle yeah. to get started. Again, that is a basic principle, basic law that works for weight loss. Um People tend to overcomplicate, again, things with, and get overwhelmed by all the various diets out there. But if you look at every single diet going, they all have one thing in common, and that is to reduce your calories. No matter what diet is, what fancy name it's been given, whether it's something new, whether it's something old, they all have the same thing in common, and that is calorie reduction. So my, my theory is why not just reduce your calories? Eat what you want, but just eat less of it. And move a bit more so that you can create that that calorie deficit. That's what.
0: So uh, the basic principle yeah. is: burn more calories than you consume,
1: and you will lose weight. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like it's just like money. Mm-hmm. Spend spend less money than what you earn, and you will have mm. savings. You will have some money. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're broke all the time and in debt, it's because you're spending more than what you're earning. Mm. It's a simple in going, You know, in versus out.
0: Your your training ed is very specific to men. Um, why why focus on male health specifically? You identify with it more because of your own experiences, or is a bigger market opportunity?
1: I think just men are naturally. That's not to say I haven't trained. I trained plenty of plenty of women as well. I think guys are just drawn to me because they, you know, like yourself. You saw my <laughs> saw my pictures. You you kind of. I guess guys. We like, want to be
0: like Ed. I, I didn't want to say that, <laughs> but
1: yeah. But guys, yeah, guys, guys, kind of can relate to my physique. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not massive. I'm not a massive bodybuilder. Um, I'm not super skinny. I have a, you know, mm. when I'm in good shape, I have a reasonably, uh, you know, lean, athletic-looking physique that is attainable. Mm. So I think that's what attracts the guys I work with. That being said, I've also, you know, attracted women who enjoy the training. Because mm. generally women um, won't train the way I would train on their own, so they like to have someone to to, to give them that, that little bit of a push. Yeah. So it's not just men, but I think men are you know, men are, tend to be drawn to to me because they yeah they want to attain the kind of physique I've I've attained. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, obviously, Ed, lots and lots of different personal trainers have um, their own programs and their own theories. I I think it would be fair to say you've got your own specific ideas around um, physical well-being, training, weight loss, uh, better physical conditioning. Tell us a little bit about the Ed Jaffa Approach to to personal training. The thing that started us working together, for example, twelve week program, um, and and some of those theories that you that you have around um, a process that will help people to achieve the things they want to achieve.
1: Yeah, I mean, as as I said, my job is to make getting fit, getting in shape, transforming your body. My job is to make that as easy as possible. So I talked earlier about reducing those barriers and reducing those obstacles. That's essentially what I do with my clients. You know, if a client says to me, I don't have time, as most of the busy guys I work with, that's one of their biggest challenges. If they don't have time. Well, I ask them, well, how much time do you have? Most of the workouts I do with clients are, are 30 minutes or less. The shortest workout I've ever put together for a client is actually four minutes. So... Time is not an excuse. Wow, if I only
0: I'd known, I could have saved myself 56 minutes yeah, of go, all pain. That, all
1: that pain, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, time is not an excuse. You can always do something, even if you did, Yeah. You know, if we were to get up in the studio and jogged on the spot for five minutes, that's a, that's a workout. I'm yeah. sure we'd be sweating and our hearts would be beating. Yeah, you know, time is not an excuse. Yeah,
0: because a lot of people don't really understand, you know, what a calorie is and, and how you find them. I, I I'll be honest, I'm 51 years of age. I've spent probably 20 years training, which I have to say I've actually now find quite therapeutic. Um, but in all that time, I don't think I really realised until we had a conversation because I think it's important to say, and there's a degree of accountability here that I think makes your training quite uh, efficient and and results based, is because we check in once a week and we have just a Skype call or WhatsApp call and we. Talk Talk about um, dietary disciplines and and what the goals are for the week, don't we? So that's a really important part of this, isn't it? The kind of the accountability thing mixed with
1: some consistency. 100%. The accountability is so, so powerful. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. When you're trying to do something on your own, you're always going to get a little bit more when someone's there giving you that push or you've got to report back to them, be accountable to them, you know, as you mentioned, we have calls every every week. So, you know, when we set our goals for the week and you set your intentions of telling me what you're going to do, you're not going to come back to me a week later and, and it's unlikely not your work ethic anyway, Sandra. You're not going to come back to me and say, well, I missed this workout, I missed that workout, I ate this. Um, sure, people... People don't always stick to the plan and that's that's okay. But the likelihood is when you have that accountability, you're more likely to to do what you say you were mm. gonna do.
0: Mm. So to to kind of there's going to be people listening who say, well, I'm a really busy executive. But look, I can't get out of the, I can't get out of my workplace um, probably before five thirty. By the time I get home, it's six, and then so really I can't get to a gym. I can't really hire a personal trainer. But you've you've kind of thought that one through too, and you've created an environment for people or an opportunity for people to work out at home. But then they said, but I haven't got a gym at home, Ed. So w- what do you do for people who for whom those kind of obstacles get in the way.
1: Yeah, well I offer I offer online coaching, so that doesn't um they don't have to travel to see me, they don't have to travel to a gym, they can train in their own time, their own location. If they don't have access to a gym or they don't want to go to the gym, some people don't want to go to the gym. Um that's not a problem. They can work out at home, they can work out in their office if they don't have equipment, again not a problem. Just reducing all those barriers. Making it as simple as possible, because if you if it's important enough, you'll find a way of doing it.
0: Mm.
1: If your health is important enough and it should be for all of us we can all make conscious decisions to make better choices in life. you yeah. know even doing a five ten minute workout at home is better than putting your foot, feet up on on the sofa and watching TV and doing nothing. Mm. So there's no such thing as a bad workout, so anything you can do going to improve your health no matter how big or small it is just take the action hmm. get it done
0: so what you're saying is there's, there's going to be a positive outcome there's always a whatever solution whatever somebody does
1: there's always a solution to every problem
0: and, and isn't that the crux of this, that a lot of people focus very much on the outcome, which to a certain extent, certainly at the beginning, they can't really control, but they overlook the fact that they are in control of a process, whether that's a five-minute step followed by another five-minute step. And as yeah. you, you experience yourself, you quickly saw results.
1: Yes, yeah, for by. sure. I always say to all of my clients, there's there's two goals we're setting here. There's your outcome goal, which you know, might be weight loss, and there's your process goals. So the outcome goal... We don't know how long that's going to take necessarily. It could take longer. It could take a shorter amount of time. But what we do have control over is the process goal. So the process is getting to the gym three times a week or working out from from home three times a week. A process goal would be reducing your calories from 3,000 a day to 2,500 a day. These are processes that you can take that will move you towards the outcome. We don't know if it's necessarily going to happen at the end of that week or you can hit that outcome goal at the end of the month or end of 12 weeks necessarily. But you are in control of whether you work out three times that week or whether you reduce your calories. To t- you have more control over that. Even sometimes if things get in the way, you can still, you still have more control over that than an outcome goal. Mm. So what would you
0: say to anyone right now who is looking or is battling, for example, their weight or their confidence, you've experienced that firsthand, Ed. Um, what can they do to think about starting a process? Apart from engaging you, obviously, that's the, that's clearly the thing they need to do. <laughs> but um, what, what can they do to get themselves going?
1: I think nowadays it's, it's so easy. It's, well, it's, it's never easy to start. That is always the biggest challenge. But it's got so much around you nowadays. You've got the internet. You can learn about any subject you want. There's so many apps out there, so many fitness apps. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. Don't make it feel like a chore. Yeah, if it's something you can't be bothered to do or you're dreading, you're dreading that workout. Um, if you see it in that way, it's likely that you're not gonna, you're not gonna stick with this for the, mm. f- as a lifestyle. And it should be a lifestyle. And if you're gonna make it a lifestyle, you want to make it fun because you're gonna be doing it for a long time. You should be doing it for a long time. So you want to make it fun. You want to make it enjoyable. You don't want to get too <sighs> too attached to the outcome because as I said that we don't know how much time that will take that's slightly beyond our control Um, so we want to unattach ourselves from the outcome and, and remain focused on the process goal of what we need to do and once we remain focused on the process it's likely the outcome goal will will follow.
0: Now, a little birdie told me, Ed, that um, a little while ago, only a couple of weeks, you you gave a very highly regarded presentation down in the southwest of England, which is where I come from. That's how I got to hear about it. so tell us, because I heard the fact that there were these six steps that you talk about. And I just think it might be a nice way of trying to pull together all that you've been talking about so far. So do you mind just taking us through that six step process that you talked about down in the down in the West Country?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I did a um, it was a, a business growth event that I spoke at. Um, I was asked to speak because there are so many comparisons in a fitness journey as there are in someone trying to grow and develop their business and become successful in that area of their life Um, so my six steps were uh, number one set achievable goals because whether you're trying to grow a business whether you're trying to get fitter lose weight whatever your your goal is whatever your the dream destination is you've got set manageable achievable goals that you can that you can measure you know it's one thing saying I want to get fitter but what does that look like you know, what does fitness look like to you? Is it is it a weight loss goal? Is, how do we measure fitness? Is it running a distance in a, in a short amount of time? Is it what the scales say? Is it a before and after picture? You know, what, make it measurable so you can actually track it. Second lesson was do the reps. You know, you're in the gym, you've got to do the work. You've got to do the reps. It's the same in your business. You've got to do those repeatable tasks every single day. You've got to do... You know, you got to do the hustle, you got to do the phone calls, you got to do the marketing, you got to put yourself out there every consistently, every single day. And Then you've got to do more. And there is actually a direct
0: correlation, isn't there? There's a direct link between people who are active in business and those who are successful in business. I mean, it's not rocket science, but what you're saying is those repeatable processes, the disciplines, every single day, without fail, no excuses,
1: lead to good outcomes. Exactly. It's about doing the reps you don't want to do. Those last five that hurt, they're painful. And the same in business. It's about doing perhaps the jobs you don't want to do, or the, the hours you don't want to do necessarily at first, anyway. It's about you know being the f- first one in and last one out and, and putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Number three was to track and measure, track and measure KPIs. Any business will be tracking uh, money in versus expenses, uh, profit margins, fitness. You know your fitness goals should be tracked as well,
0: and KPIs, key performance indicators. Exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. So same with your fitness goals. You want to be tracking calories in versus calories out. If you if you're on a weight loss or weight gain journey, uh, you know if you're if you're if you wanting to get stronger, you want to be measuring what weights you're lifting, how many reps you're lifting for. If you want to run a five k in in under half an hour, you need to obviously track the time. So things need to be measured to, to so you can visually see your progress. Fourth lesson was be prepared to fail. There's gonna be times in life, in business, in fitness where you, you're gonna fail. You're gonna fail under the lifting of weight. You know, you there's gonna be times where you, you can't run a certain distance. Um, and it's those times and in business there's gonna be times when you know, your, your business fails, and or an idea doesn't work, and then another idea doesn't work. Um, but it's those failures that actually you learn from, and you grow, and you get stronger from. Just like when you do, you know, a set of squats, and you fail the 10th rep, next week chances are you might do 11 or 12 reps, because you, from that failing you've become stronger. Mm. You allow yourself to fail. You allow yourself to go.
0: And I'm interesting on that one because there's a lot of stigma associated with the word fail. But what you're really saying is it, it's part of the success journey. Yeah. And instead of it being a negative thing, look at it's a positive. It's a step towards a, a different
1: outcome, right? Failure is not an end. It's just it's just a stepping stone. Yeah. Show up consistently was my was my fifth step. Just like getting fit, you've got to. You can't just do it for a couple of weeks and then take a month off and then come back to it or in my case it was do it for about a month and then Mm -hmm. leave it for a year and come back to it you've got to show up consistently and you know shop consistently day in day out same with your business you can't just you know work a few days and then go on a holiday and it's like expecting your business to work you've got to show up every single day whether that's to an office if you run an online business you've got to have a an online presence where you're consistently showing up, whether that's on social media, um, doing podcasts like this, mm-hmm. um, whatever that might be. You've got to be present. You've got to be showing up day in, day out. And then finally, lesson number six was stick to a plan and trust the process. You know, have a plan in place and and stick with it. That's obviously where I come in as a, as a fitness coach. I put a plan in place for my clients and, and keep them accountable to it. And, putting your trust in the process because you're not going to have wins every single week. There might be weeks where you don't necessarily lose weight, your weight stays the same, you might even put on a few pounds. And the same in business, there might be, you might have good weeks, bad weeks. But if you trust the process, you look at the bigger picture. And if you could put the progress you've made on like a graph over a year, two years, three years, 10 years, you'll see that you'll you would have made much more progress than you would have not, if that makes sense.
0: So now there's going to be lots of people listening to this podcast, Ed, doing press ups, sit ups, doing all kinds of stuff. Um, so tell us, put us out of our misery. How do we find out more about Ed Jaffa, social media, obviously interested to know about the book uh, and anything else that you're up to. So share that with us if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. all Pretty much all the social media platforms, uh, the main ones I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um Instagram is coach ed Jaffer,
0: And that's Dj A F E R, just for those yeah. who Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: website www.edjaffer.com And uh yeah, the book, the muscle and hustle method.com to grab a copy of the book.
0: Great. Okay. And so finally I've got to ask you this question because we're out of time, unfortunately, because we'd love to get lots more tips and techniques from you. But uh, I think we've already got a bucket load today, so thank you for that. Um a question that we ask all our guests, Ed, and I, this is a, you're a great person to ask this too. So there's a young Ed Jaffa now, and he comes to you and says, "Right, Dad, because congratulations, you have a little a little addition to the family." Um, so he, you know, grown up a little bit, and says, "Right, Dad, a couple of words of wisdom, just about to go off and tackle the world." What words of wisdom, based on all your experience—I mean, both good and bad experience—that's that's the great thing about you today, as a, as a guest on this podcast, is that you've kind of experienced both extremes. You know, the the uh, the real difficulties and challenges you faced, and then the way the process you went through to overcome them. So, probably no one is better equipped to give advice to a to a youngster than you. So, what what few words would you would you give to that person?
1: I think it's there's like there's three mantras I tend to live my life by now, and they are focus on what you can do, not what you can't. People tend to be very problem aware, but not focusing on the solution. So, if you change that mindset, you know, just changing that one mindset is, is a real game changer for me. Focus on what you can do, focus on the solution, and not what you can't. The other one is take action always, always take action every day, every day take one action that's going to move the needle in the right direction towards your goals and for lastly but not least have fun Yeah, you know, I've been one in the past to take things way too seriously uh, when things are not going to plan um, just enjoy the process have fun with it when you have more fun you tend to think find things move a little bit quicker in the right direction other than when you get a bit caught up in emotionally attached to to outcomes as we discussed earlier and you take things a bit too seriously just have fun enjoy the process and uh, yeah don't take things too seriously very
0: well said and we're heading to the gym aren't we after we this certainly are. so uh, no better endorsement than the fact that I work with this terrific guy so that was the Sandro Forte podcast and what an amazing guest Ed Jaffer was today thank you Ed very much for joining us uh, many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks so please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some great tips on success and remember you can follow us on social media at Sandro's podcast please remember Remember, that's Sandro's with an S. People still get it wrong. Same on all channels. And we'd love to continue to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or whatever it is that motivates you. So please keep the emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please leave the reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. And please don't forget, don't just give it all to Ed. Connect with me too on social media at Sandro40 on Twitter and LinkedIn and The Real Sandro40 on Instagram. Thank you and see you next week.